0: Welcome to Transition Church Podcast, a place for growth and revelation. Thank you for tuning in. Now, your host, Paul the Lion Huntington.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Transition Church. I'm so happy that you're joining us today. Let's pray and we'll dive right in. Father, thank you for today, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for being here. Holy Spirit, we ask you, Lord, that you just open our eyes to what you're wanting to teach us, Lord God, and help us to apply the very things that you're teaching us. Mold us and shape us to what you want us to be, Lord God, and draw us closer to you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So today, I'm going to talk about the war in a vessel of clay. The war in a vessel of clay. Now, we're always, you know, compared to a pot, or a, 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 a clay pot or a clay vessel, and that we're always putting ourselves on the potter's wheel so God could mold us and shape us. But there is always a, a, a struggle inside man. Okay, we were born in sin. We we deal with sin on a daily basis. But there's a war between the flesh and the spirit, and so we're going to talk about that—the war inside this clay vessel. So here we go. So we're going to read from Romans 7, 13 through 25. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin produced death in me through what is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin. And through the commandments might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am a flesh sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So what Paul is talking about is he is struggling because the things that he wants to do, he doesn't do. And the things that he don't want to do, he does. And that's a a struggle inside of him. But we... As creatures, as, 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 as we live life with a sinful nature, we have this struggle, and that struggle
0: is called the flesh. Now, if you don't deal with the flesh, then you're a liar, <laughs> flat out. Because
1: everybody, everybody, anybody, doesn't matter if you're a young age all the way to you're almost your foot's in the grave you will deal with the flesh now you don't have to teach a, a little kid how to lie no it naturally does it why because of the sinful nature we were born into a sinful nature but paul was saying that there's a struggle i'm struggling here i'm struggling with you know doing right you know i i want i don't want to do wrong but I do wrong, but I want to do right, and I don't do right. And there's that struggle, that tug of war inside. So what is the flesh? Well, let's let's break down and see what scripture says about the flesh. In Galatians 5:19 through 21, the acts of the sinful nature are, are are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, Jealous, fits of rage, self-ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The very things that that Paul is, is actually describing is sinful nature. It's sin, and yet we deal with it. I mean, a lot of the stuff is like sexual immorality. I mean, think about that. That's, that's lust. That's, that's not right. I mean, God made sex, and sex is for marriage, right? But in our day and age, sex is like, hey, you got to test drive the car before you buy it. No, you don't. You don't have to test drive anything. God has built that specific person just for you. Now is the thing of asking for that person. God, bring the one that you made for me
0: and I'll wait for that person. Now, my wife
1: good example. She waited for her husband. And she prayed for her husband. She fasted for her husband. And God brought her husband to her. Now, I wish I could say the same. But God had to work in me. He had to work in me. He had to change me. He had to chisel things off of me.
0: But he revealed that she was for me and I was for her. So when it comes down
1: to it, we all deal with sin. We all deal with the struggles. And sometimes we literally cancel ourselves out of of the favor of God, out of the blessings of God due to our sinful
0: nature. Let me say this. If you have a thought that comes into your head, a temptation that comes into your head, did you just sin? Me, I used to think that. As soon as a thought came to my head, oh,
1: Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. Wait a second. didn't put that thought in there see that all the devil has the devil has no power so all he can do is suggest that's all he can do he can suggest with thoughts he can suggest with saying hey why don't you try this hey it looks good on this side hey but he has no power we give him the power so think about it sin is a package right and so the devil puts this thought of lust in my mind so he, he sends a package to me. It's up to me on whether I sign for that package. I don't have to sign for it. I could just be like, nah, no, mm-mm. return to sender. I'm not, no, I'm not going that way. So I submit that package underneath the authority of Jesus Christ, and I say, God, cleanse my mind. Give me your mind. Give me the mind
0: of Christ. So you don't have to,
1: you don't have to accept that package and you're not wrong because the thing is, this: is, it's, it, it, it ends up on your doorstep, right? You don't have to accept it. It ends up in your mind. You don't have to accept it. You submit it back to the authority of Christ saying, Jesus, send that back to sender. I'm not accepting that thought of lust. I'm not second, uh, accepting that thought of anger. I'm not accepting that thought of hate. I'm not accepting that thought of lies. I'm not accepting that lies. I only accept the truth in the word of God. If it doesn't line with the word of God, uh-uh, I'm not accepting it. Sorry. Nope, not doing it. I'm not doing it. Nope. Uh-uh. Go back to sender.
0: But that's, a, that's the war. The war is the devil is tempting you so you can fall. You
1: know, pride. Pride comes people to fall, right? But if we have a mindset of humility, if we have a mindset of humbling ourselves on a daily basis, pride doesn't can't rear itself in because you're already knocking yourself to be humble and you're like, God, I humble myself under you. As John said. Uh, I believe it was John. Um, He
0: said, Less of me, more of you. So God, less of me, more of you.
1: More of you in my life. More of you in my daily walk. More of you in my speech. More of you in my mindset. More of you in my actions, God. I humble myself before you. Now pride You have no power, no authority. Jesus Christ has all power, all authority. So we bind you, we cast you in dry places, never to return in Jesus' name. See, I'm dealing with the flesh.
0: The flesh. So the flesh versus spirit.
1: Now, there's there's two different things. Now, if I would say, you know, what people would always suggest, or you see in cartoons, you know, the devil and the... An angel
0: and they're always fighting with each other and you're in the middle what the devil says uh, it might sound right but then what the spirit says is it'll help you but what the devil says feels good but what the spirit
1: is gonna help you grow uh, the spirit might prune some things off of your life that's gonna make you better. Make you more Christ like. Uh, The flesh might add things to your life
0: that's going to make you fall and hurt. We have to choose. You have to choose one or the other. How am I going to
1: walk today? I'm going to walk in the spirit, I'm going to walk with the mind of Christ. But there's always
0: that versus, there's always that battle. But it says you got to choose. Joshua said, "Choose you this day who you're going to serve." I got to choose which one.
1: I got to choose how I'm going to live today. I have to choose. So in the scripture Galatians five seventeen, it says, "For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh." And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. So, if I break it down, meaning flesh is completely the opposite of the spirit. They can't go, go together. They can't. So, it's like one has to submit to the other oil and water. You can't put them and mix them together because they're going to separate. Your flesh. In your spirit, there's a separation, but you had to choose on which one you're going to follow, which one you're going to walk in, which one you're going to make the choices in. But that's where it comes down to. That war, that tug of war between right and wrong. Every believer deals
0: with this on a daily basis, but
1: it sometimes is hard. Because our flesh will give things that are entizing, uh, 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 um, very, uh, looks good, looks awesome,
0: might feel good for the moment.
1: And sometimes the spirit, you have to change things and, and fix and rearrange and sometimes that's not fun. But which one's going to benefit you? Which one's going to draw you closer to God?
0: That's that's where it boils down to. That's the war. So how do you defeat the flesh?
1: How do you punch the flesh in the face and be like, Ah, enough with you. I'm not, no, you're not going to have power in my life. So how do you do that? In Galatians 5.16 it says, this I say then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Well, Paul, what do you mean by walk in the Spirit? You know, in the Bible says, Thy word that I hide in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Oh, memorizing scripture. Meditating, chewing on that scripture and getting all the nutrients out of that scripture. Okay, Paul, give me an example of that: a cow, okay? cow chewing the cut, okay? so a, ch- a cow you know takes some grass or hay or whatever and sticks in his mouth right and it chews, and it chews and it chews and it chews and it chews. And it chews, and it chews. Wow, that's what meditation is like. You, you, you get a scripture. There was, there was a time where God said, I just want you to read this one chapter for the rest of the year.
0: Now, in my mind, I'm like, uh, what? Why would I want to do that? And so I'm like,
1: okay, God, all right, I'll read this chapter. And I continue to read the same chapter every day for a year. Same one, over and over again, not knowing
0: that that scripture was going to help me in the next season. But I had to meditate on it. See, the word of God is a
1: living, breathing. It's, it's, it's alive. So when you read it, you always get something different out of it every day. Even if you read the same old scripture, I literally read that same chapter over and over and over again. And I got something new out of it every single time. See, when you read the word, the author's present. God is right there. But some of us feel, oh, it's
0: foolish to ask God questions. No, God, what did you mean when you were out with this right here? What were you thinking? And God's like, well, I was thinking this, this, and this. Oh, I didn't see it that way. That's revelation. Because the Spirit's going to speak to you.
1: The Spirit is all about your success. And sometimes that brings changes. Sometimes things had to be ripped up out of your life. Sometimes things had to be rewired, replugged, but it's for your good. The devil just wants, you, wants to defeat you, but he has no power. All he can do is suggestions. Hey, you know that fine girl that just walked by? Look again. Just, just look one more time.
0: No, I'm not looking one more time. I'm not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm good. Hey, you know, they they gave you extra change. That's a blessing. No, be honest. Hey,
1: hey, you gave me a dollar more. Be honest. Because sometimes our actions makes the greatest impact. It's not sometimes. All the time. Our actions make the greatest impact. So how people see you is not what you say, it's how you live in, how you walk. That's where it comes down to. So another scripture in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, 18 through 20. Okay, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits, it's outside the body. But the sexual immorality person Sexual, sexual immoral person, sin against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, and whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glory, glor- so glorify God in your body. Wait a second. It just said I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I don't own this. You know, a lot of times we live our lives and we're like, yeah, <laughs> I can make my own decisions. Wait a second. When you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, you received that you've been bought with a price. And the price was his shed blood. You don't own you. But sometimes we just stop at the, the Savior part because it feels good. Lord, you're my Savior. Thank you for saving me. I'm done. No, there's two parts. He's your savior, but then you gotta understand that he wants to be your Lord. Meaning Lordship. Meaning, hey, I take my orders from God because I serve him. I am now taking on the mantle of of his servant, and I'm going to do what he asked me to do. For he bought me. So I have no no uh uh should I say um, my mindset of I own me is no longer
0: reality. I don't own me. God
1: owns me. He shows me what I want to do. He shows me how I need to live. Like at, at the end of every uh, uh, show we have or any, at the end of uh, every sermon, I say, hey, if you want to surrender to God. We would like to take a brief break from this episode with a word from our sponsors. Welcome back as we continue with this episode. Just repeat after me. God, I surrender. I'm done. I quit. I give up. I'm through. I no longer own me. You own me. Teach me, guide me, show show me what you want me to do, and I'll do it for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, I surrender. You're giving God full authority over
0: your life. But we're
1: The temple of the Holy Spirit. Huh. We're a living place for the Holy Spirit. How much how does our temple really look? Is the Spirit living in poverty inside of
0: us? What do you mean, Paul? What does our spiritual temple look like?
1: Is it all ransacked and messed up? Or is it a place where the Holy Spirit will dwell peacefully?
0: Enjoy dwelling in you. you. You understand what I'm saying? So in the scripture it says we are the temple
1: of God. Temple. Tabernacle. Tabernacle was the Uh, a movable temple that the Israelites used, okay? And God would come, rest in the tabernacle, and then when it was time to go, he moved. And so they would bag everything up, bag the whole uh, tabernacle up and keep moving. But it was a place for God to rest. It was a place for God to inhabit. You are now that living tabernacle And God is inhabiting you, your life. But what is your life producing? Is it producing um, the fruits of God actually inhabiting you? Or is it producing the fruits of you kicking back inside you and you doing everything you want to do? Because there's fruits of the flesh and then there's fruits of the spirit. When the spirit is there, you have fruits produced. You're producing fruits. You're producing character that images Jesus. Or you produce sin, which
0: images your flesh. Which one is it? There's always a war. So in this whole understanding, we need help, right? Where do we
1: get help from? How do we get help? Well, in Hebrews 2, 16 through 18. It's obvious, of course, that he didn't go to all this trouble for angels. It was for the for people like us, children of Abraham. That's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sin, he would have already experienced it all himself. All the pain all the testing, and would be able to help where help was needed. Jesus came and showed us that he is an overcomer. Hey, I understand you deal with the flesh. Let me come show you how to deal with the flesh. And then I'm going to die to give you life instead of death,
0: which flesh produces. Flesh produces death. Jesus produces life. And more abundantly. Story time.
1: So when I was, you know, I was always raised in the church. I was doing everything. But there was a time where I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to go clubbing. I'm going to go um, um, chill. You know, saying now nah, I never drank or smoked in my life, smoked anything in my life. But I would go to the club, dance, you know, party, And my life wasn't going anywhere. I was living in my mom's house, working at Shoe Carnival,
0: and yet I thought I was doing something. No, I wasn't
1: doing jack! I wasn't doing anything. My life was stuck, but I'm like, hey, living paycheck to paycheck, oh yeah! Oh, we're going to go to this club this Saturday, let's do it, woo! No.
0: No. But God had a plan for me.
1: I ran from that plan. God told me when I was uh, was 18 after I graduated to go to the Air Force. I said, no. You're not going to catch me dead in any military uniform. I'll wear some camo shorts and a camo shirt, but that's it. And I ran. And I ran and I ran.
0: I believe it was for eight years. And when my brother
1: graduated from Marine Boot Camp, I was sitting on the uh, on the beach in San Diego. And I was looking out, and I seen all these people, you know, playing volleyball and you know all these different things. And I'm like, God, what's the difference between them and me? He goes, I called you.
0: And in that moment, I'm like, okay, God, I'll do it.
1: And I felt a peace flow over me. That next week, well, <laughs> I went back to the, the, the house, the rent house that my family was renting for that weekend or for va- vacation. And I went and said, hey, I'm going to join the Air Force. They're, they're like, oh, yay. No, they laughed at me. Yeah, right. You're going to join the Air Force. Yeah, I am. My mom didn't believe me until actually I was sworn in. When I went to get sworn in and everything into the military, then she believed me that I was serious. And I went. I lived my life more following Jesus than I did when I was just doing my own thing.
0: What do you mean? God gives you a
1: life more fulfilled if we literally say okay enough with the flesh i'm going to go after you god and realize that god has a bigger plan than we could even imagine we could we can't even dream of what plans god has for you when you live in the flesh you're just for the right now so you're living off of your your income right then you're living off of your housing right then. You're living off the relationships that you have right then. It's all in that right then time period. And so you're actually minimizing how, how much greatness you could have out of your life. Because you're only dealing with your resources. What you have. But when I decide to surrender and do what God wants, I'm now relying on His resources. So his resources are unlimited so I could live a fulfilled life. Shallow, fulfilled, shallow, fulfilled.
0: Is that, I hope it's making sense.
1: Okay. So a lot of us, we're, we're reading our Bible, but we're still doing our own little thing. And we're just living off of our resources. And our resources are limited. So your life is limited. But when we say, okay, God, I'm going to do what you ask, his resources are unlimited, and the life he has for us is unlimited. Make sense? So finally, another way to get help is in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I know it's lengthy, but here we go. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, before take unto you the whole armor of God. It says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and have done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above, above all, taking up the shield of faith. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the word and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Oh, it's time to do war.
0: Wait, what? I ain't about war. You're living
1: in war. Think about this. You're in constant war between the flesh and the spirit. But God God has given you tools. Heaven's salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoe shot with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. See, out of all of that, everything's defensive except the sword
0: so what do you mean see when the devil throws lies towards you lust towards
1: you you come you combat that with the spirit with, with with the sword of the spirit which is the word of god how did jesus get out of his temptation he battled it with the word of god when the devil says hey make these uh, stones into bread because i know you are hungry I know you're hungry, so turn these, these uh, stones into Cinnabon. And God, Jesus is like, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Smack,
0: smack, 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 smack to the devil. That's
1: how you live in Victory. You put on this armor, and you're like okay we're we're doing battle today <laughs> not today, devil, not today I'm telling you no, and you stand firm when when things come your way, that's not right. you stand firm, see when God gives you a word. You take that word and you stand on it and say, God, you said you're going to supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. God, you said you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And I'm going to stand on that word. Oh, well, you don't have enough money for bills. Uh -uh. God said you will uh, supply all my needs. Jehovah Jehovah Jireh, that's his name. And God, I'm standing
0: on that. Huh. Okay.
1: Now, does not mean that God's going to be like, here, here's some more money. Here's some more money. No. A lot of times he gives us steps to actually solve a problem. A lot of times God doesn't just solve the problem. He gives you steps to solve the problem. So if that's like, man, I, I, I don't have enough money for rent. Well, God's like, hey, go work at McDonald's. I'm not going to do that. Not knowing that, guess what? That income will pay
0: for your rent. Oh, I get it. Yeah. See, when we're following after God and we're taking orders from him, he solves problems. He gives us
1: steps to be problem solvers. And so when it comes down to it, are we following his steps? Are we following what he's asking us to do? Are we following his right hand turn, left hand turn, uh, go straight, you know, back up, back up? Are we following uh, God's GPS?
0: Well, Paul, it's hard. Is it hard to follow a GPS? Is it? I mean, if you think about it, it tells you where
1: to go. Oh, so like I grew up in a in a time period where there wasn't GPS. There's this thing called MapQuest where you literally had to read a map and then the map breaks down. Okay, what when to take a a left turn, when to take a right turn, all this stuff. And it's on this printed piece of paper. See, right now. GPS says, okay, take the, and it tells you, and it's showing you on a map, and you're going on this map. Back then, it was just a paper map, and you're like, okay, I hope I get there. And then before that, it was literally taking out a map and looking down, like, okay, my destination's over here, so I got to take this road and turn here to this road and all this. Man.
0: God is your GPS.
1: He shines a light inside you. Hey, son, we're going to deal with this today. When something comes on, when you get angry, oh, I just,
0: <laughs> we're going to deal with your anger today. Call Jesus anger management. But it changes you. It, it helps you grow. It draws you closer to God. A lot of people are like, well, how come I don't hear God like I did before? What's the last thing God told you to do? What is it? Well, he told me
1: to, to, you know, give this money to the church. Or he, he told me to go pray for this person. Well, he's a patient God. He'll wait until you do it. And sometimes it takes us a while to do it.
0: But he's going to do it. He'll
1: do what he says, but he's waiting for you to do what he asks. So if he said, go pray for that person, you go pray for that person. And God's like, okay, now I want you to do this. Oh, I'm hearing him again. Yeah. It's
0: obeying. The flesh all the time tries to take you out. Plain and simple. It tries to literally manipulate you and
1: take you out. But are you going to stand firm in the spirit and be like, not today, flesh. I'm crucifying my flesh daily. It's not putting my flesh in the corner and be like, hey, stay there for today. No, it's literally taking my spiritual gun, cocking it back and say, hey, flesh, wake up. Flesh opens up his eyes and just like, fa, 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 fa. Yep. You're not going to mess with me today. And if you try, I got more bullets. Mm-hmm. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. So I have no problem filling you up with the Spirit.
0: Crucifying your flesh daily. See, when I ask people if you want to surrender, you surrender on a daily basis.
1: Live for today because tomorrow's not promised. So if I'm living for today, meaning I had to crucify my flesh today. I'm not worried about crucifying my flesh tomorrow. I got to live today. So I'm crucifying my flesh today so I can live in the spirit for today and accomplish what God has asked me to do today. Make sense? So, let's pray. Dear Father, I just pray for your sons and daughters. I actually want you to give them strength and understanding of what the word will do in their lives. And actually making you Lord over their life. That, they're going to, that they take your word and take your, uh, your uh, orders to walk out their life in, a full, in fullness and fulfillment. We ask you, Lord, you give them strength to kill their flesh daily, Lord God. Now, if anybody in the sound of my voice wants to surrender, just repeat after me. Say, God, I'm done. I quit. I
0: give up. I'm through. I no longer own me.
1: You own me. Teach me. Guide me. Show me what you want me to do. And I'll do it for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, I surrender. Take a deep breath. Let it all out. Welcome to your new life. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Transition Church Podcast. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with someone you love.